0: You're listening to Paris Talks Marketing. My goal with this podcast is to dig deeper into digital marketing success than any other marketing podcast out there, to reveal the growth marketing strategies and tactics that are working today, empowering growth at amazing companies and organizations. Keep listening as I interview founders, CEOs, and marketing leaders from all around the world, primarily from companies in the tech and software as a service industry. Now, on with the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Paris Talks Marketing. Today, I have the pleasure of being with Praval Singh, who is the Vice President of Marketing and Customer Experience at Zoho Corporation. And Praval has been at Zoho for nearly 10 years now and has worn. Several different hats and played various roles within marketing at Zoho. Prior to that, he had a bootstrapped digital media agency based in New Delhi called Media Refined, and we're looking forward to hearing about that experience too. So, Praval, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Paris. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you.
0: Sure. Do you want to just give our audience a quick uh, a quick intro of who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Praval. Uh, like you said, I, I live in India, uh, up north in and around Delhi, and I've been with Zoho for almost nine years now. Uh, I, I lead marketing for the Zoho brand, and I also focus on India as a region at Zoho. Uh, for those of you who've not heard of Zoho before, we are uh, a cloud software company which uh, builds and provides uh, software for all your business needs. So from everything. Uh, starting with a website, to an email, to sales, HR, finance—anything that you possibly can think of—you would need from a software standpoint, from technology standpoint—is what we what we build. And we've been around for twenty-five years. In fact, we just completed our twenty-five years last month. So that's a bit about myself and a bit about Zoho. Mm-hmm.
0: Great, thanks. I'd like, to, I'd like to ask a little bit about this milestone of 25 years. I, I came to the Zoho, Zoho.com homepage. And one of them, first of all, I have to say this is an iconic SaaS brand. And uh, I don't know if there are any of our listeners who are not aware of Zoho. Uh, it's, it's been around uh, since the early days and, and has done phenomenal work with a phenomenal set of tools that just keeps getting better. Now I'm on the homepage and I see a very inspiring headline. It says, your life's work powered by our our life's work. And then that is in reference to, there's a a banner at the top referencing 25 years of the Zoho journey. And that leads to a separate micro site here where it's all about the people and it's all about your values and convictions. Can you tell us a little bit about Zoho's values and how your personal values are connected with the company's values?
1: Sure, Paris. Uh, Yeah, like I said, we completed 25 years uh, of being in business just last month. And uh, the microsite that you mentioned illustrates uh, our experience, our journey so far. And if we had to define them in two key phrases or or domains, they would be uh, our people, uh, and then our values and conviction. Now, why we highlight that a lot more, uh, and and this we look at it as an opportunity to talk about that uh, rather than our products and customers and users. I mean, that's always there. It's always visible. Uh, everybody knows we are talking about sixty million users worldwide and, and close to ten thousand colleagues that we have today. So, but we decided to use this opportunity of uh, you know the twenty-fifth year anniversary and talk a bit more about why we've been in business for so long, why have we done it the way we do? Uh, why do we have uh, people who've been with us for over two decades? Uh, and, and all of that actually is what zoho.com slash 25 talks about. Now, uh, if I had to summarize that of, of why I have been around for so long and why a lot of my other colleagues have been here for longer, uh, you know, it would all come down to uh, you know the philosophy at which the company runs and thrives on right and and that's centered around a few things you know uh, the first one is I would say uh, embracing talent and nurturing talent and not being obsessed with credentials right i mean that's one of the most important factors uh, that we that we sort of take pride in talking about when and even when we hire people when we bring um, new colleagues on board you know. We look at it in a very different way. We look at it in a way where we believe in investing in talent in the long in the long term. Now that might not sound uh, very common in, in the way most tech companies are built today, or the way they are evaluated, and, and so on and so forth. But for us, it's always been uh, a little different in the sense: hiring talent, uh, not sharing talent. Uh, looking at it in the long term uh, and prioritizing, you know, things like R&D, for example, over sales and marketing, or defining, rather, redefining capital in in a very unconventional way. Of uh, for us, capital is not just about the financial capital, but it's it's about the social capital. It's about the collective capability of what we as a company, as a group of people can do and achieve, you know, and all these only make sense when you are in it for the long term, you know, none of this actually makes sense when you're up for an acquisition, when you're up up for, you know, the race to go public and, and raise the next round and so on and so forth. Now, there's nothing wrong in doing business that way, right? There are enough companies that you can look around and have and seen uh, them make great products and, and all of that. It's just that we as a company... Are on a very different mission, and and that's essentially around uh, building something that we take pride in, uh, investing in people long term, and actually tying back to our ethos of who we are as a company, and the little nuances in that there that that we probably will discuss during this conversation. But at the at the top uh, level, if I have to sort of uh, distill it down. you know it all comes down to people at the core and how we tie back to our values and convictions and those are the few things that have led us to be uh, in the business for the last twenty five years as a privately held profitable company of our size with uh, global presence in terms of our customers and, and employees and partners and all of that. and uh, yeah, that sort of sums up our twenty five year journey so far.
0: That's great. And you mentioned something interesting there because in your role as the VP of marketing, I would expect um, you said the priorities rather on R&D, not so much on, on really he- heavy marketing. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? I'd like to know what, what, is, what is within that scope of R&D and then how does that compare to the, what, you're, what you're contrasting against on, on the marketing side?
1: Sure. Now, if you look at how we've built products and the kind of products that we've built and, and the way we've been able to sustain our business, you know, uh, being a privately held company with no external investment, everything that we have built, we've built it from just one source of revenue. And that is, a, that is the money that comes in when a customer subscribes or pays for our products. That's the only way we've we've grown our business, right? There's no external investment, uh, we don't run any ads within our products. In fact, we have a very well-defined privacy policy around it that, uh, you know, for us, customers' data is very, very sacred. And the only person who owns the customer's data uh, is the customer herself. So we're very particular about that. We're very particular about how we would not use customer data to make money. You know, be it using that data to show them ads, selling off that data, uh, to third parties, or any of that. We are very clear about how we make money. And it's as simple as we build software, people try them, they use them, and they pay for it. And that's how we have grown from, uh, back in the day, a single product to today, over 50 products at Zoho.com. Now, when I say that, uh, if you connect back to the original discussion we were having about why is R&D a, property, uh, a priority for us, think about it. Uh, you just cannot build a suite of 50 plus products, which we believe businesses would need uh, to run their operations, including us, Zoho. By the way, the company Zoho Corporation, we run on Zoho. You know, we use our own software to sort of run our, our operations. And and we believe that if it works uh, well for us at 10,000 people, most businesses can, can run on it very easily. And we have customers that are much bigger than us, and then we have customers that are starting up or, or very small. So in order to do all this, in order to make these products, in order to uh, uh, be able to play in different markets uh, around sales and marketing, HR, finance, uh, productivity and workplace, all of that, you know we've had this uh, DNA, which was very heavily inclined towards R&D and engineering. And that's the culture of the company. We've, we've believed in building products and staying at it for a long, long time. And when I say long, I don't mean four years, five years. I mean, 10 years, 15 years. Right? I mean, if you look at some of our products, uh, which are one of the fastest growing products, the uh, Zoho Workplace, which uh, sits around Zoho Mail, or uh, Zoho, uh, Zoho Sheets, which is our spreadsheet solution, or, or Zoho Creator, a low, uh, low-code app builder, these products have been around for over 10 years, and interestingly, they've been under the same leadership. Okay, and when you see that over a course of more than a decade, you know there's a lot of learning, there's a lot of uh, wisdom that gets accumulated. Okay, and and it compounds to build what we've built, and all that actually translates back to the R&D culture that we got, uh, that I mentioned. Okay, it's it's one thing to build something and then invest a lot of money. Uh, into marketing and advertising it and then having a very extensive sales team to sort of uh, go to market and sell it. We sort of believed in in doing it a little differently. We invest a lot more time, energy, effort, people into building that software. And of course, we have a a sales and marketing team, but if you look at the way, uh, look at our size of sales and marketing team and our investments into it, it, it's much less than, what a typical SaaS company competing with us and let's say in those same markets would invest in. So that's what I mean by uh, you know, prioritizing R&D over sales and marketing a whole.
0: Okay. Would it be fair to say that this is more of a product-led growth approach as opposed to Absolutely. more traditional like, yeah. marketing? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's
1: a product-led, culture-led, mission-led growth that we talk about. A lot of customers, so when I, when I say that uh, we believe in investing long-term in people, right? And and interestingly, just to share a fact, uh, as of today, we have over 100 employees who've been with us for over 20 years, two decades. Wow. Uh, more than a couple of thousands who've been with us for 10 plus years. Now, that's like quite unheard of, right? That's not something you hear every oh, yeah. day in a B2B SaaS company or in any technology company. Any company,
0: really. Yeah.
1: Right? yeah so... Uh, so when I say that, our customers have also been with us for so long. You know, we've had customers who, who's been with us for over 10, 15 years. And it's not just about the price or the value, okay? it, it It's it's beyond that. You know, we, we end up building a relationship with customers who, who are with us because they believe in us. They, they, be, they believe in who we are, the way we run business, uh, the way we are committed to privacy and and some of these things. It may not come across, uh, you know, in the first year of being a customer at Zoho, but over time, when customers come and discover us, sign up for our products, use it, and over time they start to understand how this company works, and I think that's where uh, a lot of our growth gets attributed to, you know, uh, and that's that's part of the culture, the part of the DNA of the company.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd like to know about specifically there is a, a large suite here of apps. I think you said that there are more than fifty fifty now individual apps in the entire Zoho suite is that correct
1: yeah, about fifty applications today yep
0: mm-hmm. and when you started nine roughly nine years ago how many how many apps were there back then so if
1: I remember correctly uh I joined in two thousand twelve um uh, we had about 13 14 applications back then is what I would like to mm-hmm. believe yeah I mean I think it was about less than 15 definitely and a lot of applications uh, have come off that and I, I think we were up at about six million users then uh, we are now over 60 million users so yeah. it's been it's been an interesting journey and and uh, just been grateful uh, to have been uh, uh, you know played a small role and been a part of the journey as a whole
0: yeah, and over these nine years, so we're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of about thirty-five new apps added to that suite. So you really witnessed and participated in the in the, the complete maturity and rounding out of this entire suite of products. And and I'm not even suggesting that it's over yet, because maybe if we talk again in a couple of years, you might be at a hundred. But still, you you've witnessed. Um, this, this great rounding out of products, and I'm very curious to know, strategically, I imagine you you were part of a lot of these discussions about which app do we launch next, based on the success of the last one, or based on another gap that we see in the market. Can you just walk me through strategically how the leadership made those types of decisions about how to roll out and round out that portfolio of, of apps of the suite over, over that time?
1: Sure. Uh, that's a good question and and it often comes up uh, in in conversations with people outside of zoho including our customers partners uh people like you uh, and and generally in the industry so here's how it is right uh, as a company we have we are not very structured you know let's let's start with that you know there's no uh, i mean of course there's a hierarchy you just can't run a 10000 people company without uh, any hierarchy at all but this this I would say zero bureaucracy in a sense, it's not, it, it has some loose structure, but it doesn't go as structured as some of the larger organizations that you and I probably know of have it, right? So of course there, there are upsides of it and downsides of it, and, and we can talk about them. But one thing that, leads to, that it leads to is, there's a lot of autonomy and freedom that it gives to our uh, leaders, product managers typically. And how it starts off is, if uh, if a product manager is building a product A or B, and sees or identifies a need in the market, you know, uh, he or she is has the freedom to to try out something, you know, to build something. And when you see these fifty products, trust me, they're a lot more that we tried out that never really went out uh, in the market, right? Or we or they change shape during the, pro- the process of building software or our convictions around them uh, evolved over time. So we pivoted them even before we launched them. So a lot of this happens underneath, right? And because of the freedom and, and autonomy that our teams have, they end up identifying the gap and building on that. And that's one way in how we expand our, our portfolio and suite. Mm-hmm. More importantly, like I said, Zoho Corporation, the company, runs on Zoho.com suite. Right? We use our own products to do everything that, that we do, all the way from our, our mail servers to our uh, finance suite to our email collaboration, uh, customer service, all of that, IT help desk, all of that runs on our own software. Now, that actually makes us, in a way, dog food on our own software and technology. Mm-hmm. And we end up Uh, building things that we believe we would need or or we we identify a need around it. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, So uh, Payroll is one software that got added to our finance suite uh, in the the, the recent years, right? Now, Now, that's something we did not have, even though we had other software like Zoho Books and Inventory and Invoice and Expense and some of the other software as well in the finance suite. You know, we identified a need that because we, we we were using something as well, and 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 we wanted to use uh, to build something that would solve the payroll problem. So we decided to fill that gap by building something. And, and mm-hmm. similarly, uh, several years ago, we had email marketing software, but we don't have social media marketing software, right? So we decided to build that, and then that product today uh, is one of the fastest-growing product again at Zoho. So that's the second way in, in which we identify needs and gaps and then build product. Mm-hmm. And the third way is, of course. Listening to our stakeholders externally, customers, partners, um, you know, industry experts of of, and so that also sort of gets siphoned into our our uh, you know leadership discussions of what we should be building next. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, sure, I may be making it sound a bit too easy, but it's not because when there are people involved, right, there are differences in opinion, and then uh, some of these things take time. They're discussed, they're debated. You know, uh, but at large, we've been able to come to conclusions on what we should build, how we should position them. And over these years, if you look at all of the Zoho suite, we're talking about 45, 50 plus applications, right? They're broadly categorized into these six or seven categories, right? I mean, there's sales and marketing. There's uh, productivity email collaboration, right? And then there is finance, there is HR, uh, there's customer service, Right, which is uh, headless software and all that, and and then there's IT and custom solutions as well, low-code applications, uh, you know, uh, IT management applications. Now these are some of these broader categories where we operate in, and for each of these categories, we offer uh, independent applications that uh, users come, sign up, try, buy, and then we have these bundles, uh, about seven of them today, you know, which is. Each of these functional product groups are available as a bundle as well, which is uh, unified, uh, is great value for money, and then any function within the organization can pick up. So, for example, if you are the CFO or if you are the finance head of a company, you want to sort of transform your financial operations, take them digital, all of that, you can you can do that. You can do that from from the uh, – finance. you can use the finance Plus software suite to do that. So that's how, that's how
0: all of this works. No? That's how mm-hmm. uh, this is designed. Yeah. And I under, I understand that there's got to be tough decisions along that journey where you sometimes have to kill, kill off a project or, or change priorities in those, with those hard, inevitably hard decisions. Do you judge the success of a, of a, of a new product based on its ability to drive profit in its own right or also in its ability to support the retention of the suite as a whole, or of the particular bundle that it's going to join. So are you looking at its support value versus its standalone value, or are there other ways that you judge its success in making that tough decision that we are going to keep investing in this product or we might kill this product?
1: A lot of times it's essentially user feedback. It's the market perspective. It's the feedback that we get once we, Put something in the market, right? That's that's mm-hmm. number one. Uh, and a lot of times, you just cannot predict. I mean, you have a conviction, you build something around it, but you just can't can't predict how how it would pan out, right? I mean, you you believe in something, you you go to market with that. Uh, sometimes your assumptions may be different from what the reality is, right? So uh, it also happens with us. But for the most part, we've been able to we've been able to. Uh, build narratives around key business use cases, functional requirements, and where the product sits, and and define our audience around it. Right, and and uh, also there is there is uh, there are certain products that do really well in certain geographies, and there are other products that do well in other geographies as well. Right, so that also exists. Uh, and and for us, by building all these applications over these years. No, we've been able to not just build them and keep them in silos, but the value here at Zoho, we believe uh, we offer is uh, when a customer comes in and subscribes to a single product uh, and discovers other Zoho products and sees how they work together with each other, right? That's where they unlock uh, mm-hmm. a lot more value than they, they sometimes even came looking for, mm-hmm. right? And from one application to two to five, you know, this is what happens. And then a few years ago, we launched this big uh, bundle, which we call the operating system for business as Zoho One, right? which is mm-hmm. a single subscription that gives you access to over 40, 45 Zoho applications. Right? Manage, maintains with, with licenses and a single control panel. And that's not just from an administrative perspective, but also the way it is unified the data that you can contextually get from applications from one to the other, you know, I mean, that's sort of a, that could possibly be a webinar in itself. If I talk about it, like there's so much value that you can, that you can see, you Mm -hmm. know, using these applications, which otherwise would be siloed, you know, if you were buying these applications.
0: Things things get so much more complex and interesting when you, when you think about marketing across a portfolio of apps, as opposed to just a single product, because, yeah, the, the way that you see an individual app is so different. What is its contribution to the whole? What is its ability to acquire a new customer who will then quickly move to the second, the third, the fourth app in the in the bu- or or just upgrade to the whole bundle, or maybe cross over to another bundle? Um, it almost reminds me of of a classic like grocery store retail of a, of a loss leader that gets sometimes it it gets people into the store and. Uh, and then the, the average basket, once they get into that store, is is much greater, of course, than the value. You might you might even take a, a slight loss on that lost leader that is is the hook.
1: Absolutely. Let's pivot over
0: to, to to marketing a little bit because I'm I'm interested as you have progressed in various marketing roles, and and it's been nine years there at Zoho. Can can you tell me how do you think that? the required skills of marketers, especially in the SaaS world, how has that changed over these last nine years comparing to when you started at Zoho and, and it was probably things were different, the landscape was different. How have marketing skills, required skills changed? Well,
1: uh, I think at, at a very fundamental level, uh, you know, a lot of marketing, especially at Zoho, is about Helping our users and customers, right? That's the sort of orientation that we have internally, right? Marketing's job is, uh, of course, to to bring forward the value proposition and, and all of that. To get that right narrative of who we are, what we're trying to do, why do we make sense, and and what's the larger value proposition. Like I said, uh, the, at Zoho, the the whole is bigger than the sum of the parts, right? And that's how it is. So that, of course. Bringing that value proposition forward is definitely uh, marketing team's responsibility. But beyond that, the, the notion that we carry as marketers is our job is to help, our job is to educate, our job is to you know, make it easy for, for people to uh, buy a software that we are looking for. Right? now, That could be an email marketing software, that could be a local development software, that could be a finance software. Right? If you look at each of these product websites, a marketing team spends a lot of time in creating content, in creating uh, uh, videos and creating uh, whatever it takes to to bring forward value in a sense educating users uh, in terms of doing doing workshops and, and pre-pandemic we used to do a lot of events as well locally right So we have uh, a strong community team that would do local events. we have our events team that would do uh, that would do local workshops, uh, the training team does their own events. There's a lot of focus on educating users. Now um, That's the first part of uh, how marketers at Zoho typically think. Now, in terms of evolution uh, from a marketing standpoint, I mean, if you look at most companies use those standard channels, right? I and mean, that's pretty much what people use to acquire customers, right? At, regardless of the company you talk about, right? There's SEO, there's SEM, there's some bit of field marketing, there's some content marketing, all of that. But what I would say has worked for us over these years is A, uh, our, our go-to-market approach becomes different because we're not a one product company. You know, For us, if you are a customer or a prospect for let's say something like Zoho CRM, we know that you could use a lot more at Zoho. You could, you could uh, learn a lot more about what we have and eventually start using it. So there's a lot of opportunity for for bringing forward the power of unified software that we have across businesses across business functions, right now that's a strong uh, approach that we have, which a lot of other competitors of ours may not have, right? At least most of them don't. Now, from a marketing standpoint, one thing that we have seen at Zoho is our biggest strength and focus has been in product marketing, and as a company. With so many products, every team, every product has one or more product marketers. Depending on the size of the product, depending on age of the product, depending on the geographies that the product operates in, you know, all these factors put together, the product marketing team, uh, marketing teams focuses on building that narrative, the uh, positioning, uh, running the running the release cycles and launches and all of that. And then also getting that message out across different stakeholders, right? Internally, externally, uh, digital PR, analyst relations, all of that. That's how typically the marketing team at Zoho, uh, especially the product marketing team, works. And then outside of that, we have uh, the brand marketing team that that works with me on on Zoho as a whole, right? What do we want to be known for? Uh, what is the value? What are ethos that we bring forward, right? And and what kind of participation what kind of uh, involvement that we have in events around us uh, with events i mean physical virtual uh, partnerships mm-hmm. any of that right what's what's our say what's our stand uh, as a company as a whole right and then there is of course media and press and and the relations as well so the marketing team is pretty spread out right now and in the last few years we've also expanded uh, a marketing team uh, in different regions, right? So we have regional teams as well from an ops perspective. And then there are regional marketing teams that work with regional teams on, on localization and, and things like that. So local case studies, customer stories, uh, local partnerships, local events, uh, all of that, right? So that's how broadly the marketing team is structured today. And, and all of that, like I said, ties back to, Focusing on educating uh, or helping our customers uh, the best way we can.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. I, I would like to segue into the into your customer-generated content here because wh- the first link in the on the homepage navigation is customers, and when I go to that, it's it's really like a sub portal where I see 60 million users globally. And there is a huge library of what appeared to be mostly video testimonials and video video led case studies here. And I can even sort these and filter them dynamically by industry, by product, by by country. And it it automatically filters that for me. So this is a massive by far the largest library of, of what I would call either the the social proof of the product, I guess, that's probably the best way to describe it. Clearly you all have made a major investment across your different product teams to generate this content from customers. Can you tell me about how this all came together?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, like I said, we are a company that is uh, you know, a mix of so many other smaller companies in many ways. If you look at each of these products, they compete in an independent market you know, with other products in that market, right? Yet they're part of Zoho, you know, so there is there is this uh, additional value that we're able to provide because it's one unified stack, technology stack, per se, and, and mm-hmm. a lot of these benefits that these products have, uh, you know, are built on some contextual information from other applications as well. If you're using multiple Zoho applications, you get a lot more context and, and it benefits you. Uh, yet each of these, product teams these product marketing teams uh, operate in their own markets okay and they have their own customers as well and one responsibility that our product marketing teams have is to build these customer stories over time right and what you see today has been built in more than more than a decade right over these years mm-hmm. uh, talking to customers and and of course all of these are not video uh, customer stories many of them are right and Everything that we have is even not on the website. So there's a lot more that is sitting in archives somewhere. Mm-hmm. right? And, and our focus is to you know, bring out those customer stories, get customers to talk about how uh, you know, they, they, st- they found Zoho, how they tried Zoho, how it brought in a change in the organization or in the function that they use Zoho applications for. And over these years, it has become a huge library of... Uh, you know, customer stories or assets that mm-hmm. we put together on a single page. And of course, because we serve, uh, you know, like you saw, 60 million users worldwide, uh, you know, mm-hmm. have about thousands of hundreds of thousands of companies that use Zoho uh, yeah. across different uh, industry verticals. So we tried our best to sort of uh, segment them based on geography and industry verticals and, and whatnot.
0: This is what I like most about this page is that it allows the user to self-identify in many different types of ways from different perspectives. I might be coming in already deep into research for a CRM. And so I really just want to filter by the, the, the CRM product. And I want to see those, those case studies. Or I might already have a built-in bias that, oh, you know, I'm based in uh, Argentina. Surely they don't support, maybe they don't support my local language, or, or this is just not let me just see if they have customers in my country and what they say and i want to see some some local feel and then you have industry so some somebody from the automotive industry might think well this is something for everybody but do, you know is this really a solution for the automotive industry i can right away filter that and of course i can cross any of those three and for me this solves a major uh, objective which is i believe for saas companies the, the main goal of coming to a homepage is how quickly can you get that user to see themselves, to see a use case, or to self-identify with the product and with the brand. And I think that you all do a, a phenomenal job with that. And I imagine that's been, it's been a major effort across lots of teams over over several years. Absolutely. It's,
1: it's, it took mm-hmm. a lot of teams and, and, and a lot of people, uh, uh, including our customers and partners, to sort of set it up, record it, or, or you know, talk to them, put it up together. And then, bring it up all to the website was again uh, altogether a different beast you know which we've been able to do uh, you know i would say a reasonably good job of, of it but again we, we we have a long way to go and and again what you see is still being worked upon to make it even better how can we be more relevant how can we more uh, contextual to what a user is looking for
0: mm-hmm. i, I want to ask you maybe now if- Philosophical question about the SaaS industry at large, and I read this recently that we are we are now in SaaS 3.0. So let, let's backtrack. SaaS 1.0, I guess, was probably in the early 2000s, where this was the first time that software went up to the cloud, and they went up to the cloud in in bundles or suites. So this was Microsoft Office going to the cloud, for example. This was G Suite first, you know, emerging as a cloud cloud first solution but these were bundled solutions. And then SaaS 2.0 came along and I guess I don't know roughly time frame 2010 or so that decade and this was a fragmentation of the market. So then you had suddenly a lot of specialization. There's just a SaaS product for time tracking, there's there's ones for project management, there's separate ones for very specific tasks. There's one for for invoicing and this whatever, signature, e-signatures, proposals, and this category fragmentation became what now uh, you can go to G two and see I don't know hundreds of SaaS categories, and that lasted for, for for roughly about a decade or so, and now companies that have pretty much decided to move their entire operations into into the cloud, which is the right move, with SaaS with SaaS products, have seen that their their stack of tech their their tech stack of SaaS products is now very very large and maybe very difficult to manage and, and no longer consistent and it's become too unwieldy and SAS 3.0, or at least the, the idea of that is a so-called rebundling, but this time rebundling in the cloud. And I see an app like, for example, ClickUp that's doing that under a single brand and they're rebundling different core uh, business functions like your CRM or perhaps your applicant tracking system. Time tracking is bundled with project management and, um, and they're saying that you can now uh, merge a lot of your independent SaaS products into one. And they're doing that with a single product, not with a suite of different sub, in a way, sub-branded products like you all are doing. First of all, do you see the world of SaaS now as this, that we're in a rebundling phase? And, and you your decision at Zoho to keep these products really as separate kind of sub-brands under the umbrella of Zoho um, is that is that the right decision in this world of uh, of this era of rebundling
1: uh, that was a long a,
0: question uh, i, <laughs> I know, hope that all made sense and a, and a
1: good one you know a, it's a very important question that that you asked and uh, you know I, i'll explain how we're addressing that briefly right so one thing is all of this software that was created that got popular in the last 10 years you know and like you said if you go to g2 you'll see a huge list of companies for every single need that you can think of right put time tracking put project management put in crm you know just it keeps getting bigger and bigger every year right the whole stack
0: oh and, now, and subcategories and then sub subcategories of those
1: yeah it's so hard to even at a point differentiate them beyond the first two categories if you're not really into it right now mm-hmm. what's happening is you know we believe of course there is a lot of money that the sector as a whole, the SaaS market, uh, saw in the last decade or so, a lot of money that was pumped in, a lot of companies come out, a lot of unicorns have come out, all of that, right? Now, what we're seeing it is from a customer standpoint, if I'm a customer, if I'm running a 50-people company, a small customer, or or a 500-people company, or a 5,000-people company, it gets even more interesting. All these subscriptions, software SaaS subscriptions, Right, five bucks here and seven bucks there and eleven bucks there and twenty bucks there. It all adds up. You know, it may not uh, appear early on when you're you focused on building something, which is what the company is for, right? If you are a real estate company, maybe your focus is on building what what you're trying to build. If you are a, uh, an agency, you're focusing on your clients and okay, we need one more software, ten bucks a month. Fine, go ahead and yeah. get it. Right.
0: Yeah, and you're, but, you're kind of just cobbling it. You're cobbling it all together over time. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. And what happens is the two problems that you eventually witness. One, all these five bucks and seven bucks and 11 bucks all adds up, right? It, it, it adds up to a considerable amount, right?
0: It, especially when it's per user and you're, and you're growing yeah. your company.
1: Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you get to see that. You get to experience that, okay, fine, we are spending X amount of money. So when renewal comes, Right. You are trying to to prune that list. You're trying to, you know, and then that's when the sales team for, for those software, the salesperson is trying to give you a better deal for you to sort of get logged in the next year. And, and the usual drill that happens, right? Every cycle, right? Now, having to deal with 10 different vendors, 50 different vendors, you know, is, is something that nobody really wants to do, right? And the cost adds up. It multiplies, it compounds even more when you're growing as a company. When a 50 people company becomes a 500 people company, that's a 10x growth, right? And 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 in terms of team size, and that means a lot of other add-ons, and and you know, it just becomes a big check that you mm-hmm. have to sort of write to to get those software subscriptions, right? And and then you are trying to optimize for cost, but you also want to optimize for value. You want those those functionality. If you are using, let's say, one of the cloud file storage services, and you are using uh, uh, a messaging software, right? You can't get rid of that because you still, as a company that has gotten bigger, you still have files to take care of. You want some cloud storage service, and you still need a messaging service to be able to connect with your team, right? So then you're like, can you get rid of them? Well, you cannot, right? But how do you optimize for value? Is there something that is available where I get these two functionalities or capabilities as a company, but there's better value for my money that I put in. That's number one. The second thing is, one thing that we've seen grow up in the last several years is need for low-code application. A lot of companies today have a custom process, you know, they want to build something using low-code application, typically in the small to mid-market segment, I would say, right? Mid-market is very heavy on orchestration and business process, and you know building something of their own. That's again an industry in its own that is picking up really well. Now, why I'm talking about these two things is one, uh, cost of software adds up; it compounds as you grow, uh, you know, into something much bigger. And then you try to optimize for both cost and value. And then the other thing is the need for building these custom applications that exist in the market. A lot of companies want to do that; they don't want ready software because it may not cater to them. They need a lot of customization, or they're very confident that they want to build something completely from scratch, right? Now, we as a company have been able to tackle both. Uh, one, for the first part, and, and I've looked at the example that he gave. Now, that's something that we've been we've been doing with Zoho One exactly. When we say it is the operating system for business, what we mean is you don't have to look into these 50 products and sign up for them, and 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 you know. No, when you sign up for Zoho One, you sign up for Zoho One as a, as a service. That's typically software as a service. You sign up, you add users, you start using it. Now, on day one, you may not be using 45 applications. That's fine. You probably don't. In fact, some of them you may you may not even get to to Never. using it in the next several years, maybe forever, you know, depending on who you are, what you what your use case is. But Typically, what we've seen is when someone signs up for Zoho One, you know, they would probably get an email, a CRM, a messaging application. These days, this video conferencing application, and you know, these five, seven, ten applications that they can immediately get started with as a company, you know, and they don't have to worry about different licenses and 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 different companies and how do they integrate with each other and then look for something that can integrate to things that that are not meant to be integrated or or have a very have a trivial integration which doesn't solve their use cases right so for us zoho one is that you know it's a unified software it's not just 50 things put together for a lower price no that's that would be a bad way of defining zoho one so zoho one is not just 50 different applications as a, as a deal no you know it's a unified application which is single sign on single search things like that you know i mean you can mm-hmm. you can You can integrate applications in in so many ways from two different vendors or five different vendors, but can you bring in things like single sign-on? Okay, well, you can bring that as well today using other tools. But Mm -hmm. so think about things like uh, single search dashboards that are giving you data all about your sales and marketing spends, your customer data, your churn, all that in a single dashboard pulled in from different sources. All that is unification. All that is, you know, the power of all these software that put together as a single single system, right? Now, that's what Zoho One is. And that's what, uh, you, like you mentioned, in SaaS 3.0, all these companies are trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Zoho One has been doing it for more than three years now, right? And and, and it's one of the fastest-growing product suites that we have. Mm-hmm. Now, that is the premise that we, we, we sort of caught early on and we decided to build that, in a way, in a way, we believed this consolidation will happen. You know, it would, it, it there would be a time where consolidation yes. will happen, and it has started to happen. You know, you, that's what you're seeing in some companies that are that that are operating or starting to think of it that way, or starting to behave that way. So that's mm-hmm. something uh, that we were very cautious about already, and and we started to move in that direction uh, several years ago, mm-hmm. and. Not not to our surprise, Zoho One happens to be one of the fastest-growing products at Zoho.
0: Yeah, I I think it's really solving a major a major pain point, which is the overwhelm now of a just an overly large and complex SaaS stack. And I even even uh, looking at it from my small agency perspective, I mean we look at the rising costs and we're thinking, wow, Anna, this is approaching like the cost of two two full-time employees now. Do we need all this? And every month we have to look at it and say, are we still using that? Are we still paying the right price for it? Are the right people using it? Should we kill it? Do we want to go annual? Do we want to stay on monthly? And we're having these discussions across like 20 different apps and it's it's a major headache. Well, so as a small business, I can tell you that that headache is real and we're looking for ways to simplify.
1: Yeah, that's the problem we are solving in Zohawan because we believe... It's not just us. We have had that problem. Others have had that problem. Customers mm-hmm. have wanted to, to to get a solution that is taking care of that problem. And you have one invoice, you know, monthly or annual, but one invoice. All you yeah.
0: And you can plan around that, too, because if you know you're going to be growing at a certain pace and, and you know, OK, everybody, every new user, it's going to be X amount. You can you can uh, add a user. You can you, you can,
1: yeah, you can upscale. Mm-hmm. You can downscale based on how you're you're, you're growing your company and. And. and that's the kind of freedom, flexibility uh, from an administrative standpoint. And then the value that you get from the unification of all these applications and the common data and tech layer, right? With things like unified search and 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 uh, dashboards and reporting and analytics, all of that. You know, that I think when people see that, you know, they are they're just surprised, they're pleasantly surprised and amazed to, to see the value that that comes in. You know? And then it becomes more than just. A bunch of apps at a fixed price. It's more than that. And, and that's the value that Zoho One offers.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, Praval, this has been fantastic. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wished I would have asked you or that you would like our audience to know? Well, uh,
1: not really. I think, Paris, I, I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you. And uh, I think both you and I come from a similar background i used to run an agency uh, back back then in india for about 4 years uh-huh. and uh, i see you running one today and uh, i i understand the the uh, the challenges of it and the fun of it so i wish you good luck i, I wish you good luck with your with your work and uh, it was great speaking with you thank you for the opportunity
0: can i can i ask you one last question about your agency experience because i i meant to do that did that did that prepare you well for your role and your series of roles at Zoho, or was it uh, was it a real different change of direction for you, or how did uh, how did that lead into Zoho?
1: Yes and no. It it prepared me in a way that I understood how a business run, you know runs. What are the key components of running a business, which includes uh, you know uh, bringing a customer in and then making money and then servicing that customer and and keeping them happy enough for them to come back again so this is the key philosophy uh, you know that was the key philosophy of running a business right so that is something that i didn't study at school i learned it by running a business so that i think really, really helped and prepared me in, in how you think about a customer and how do you uh, you know work towards uh, servicing a, a client or a customer or a business uh, what it uh, did not prepare me for was I was coming from a service background, a typical agency background, and not a product company background. Uh, But then, when I joined the company in 2012, uh, I joined uh, a team that was building a social media analytics product and management product, right? Which was uh, sort of what I was doing back in the day, in the sense, uh, you know, servicing uh, clients uh, or these brands on the social and digital front. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, Industry know-how and and the requirement uh, that I, I already knew what clients need so that is something kind of insight I could bring value as as value to the team so that may, if I let's say if I was to join a team which was into let's say finance or HR technology or or, uh, or low code application back then I think it would have been a lot more challenging for me so I had the the the, the uh, opportunity to join the company from an entry point, which was the most familiar to me. Let's put it that way, right? Okay. That space was very familiar to me. Uh, and I had sort of figured out how to run a business and and, and what it, what matters and why is the customer important and what are the other variables that you look at. I think all of these experiences together uh, uh, were very, very helpful in, in joining the company. And then of course, there's a lot of learning on the job. That is true for most of us at Zoho. You know, um, and and that actually made made us a you know that made a lot of impact in, in my career, in my journey, in my learning
0: as well. Fantastic. Well, Praval, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for spending the time with me today. I um, Wish you all the best. I hope the next the heck the next nine years at Zoho are, are even more exciting. You all have some great things in the pipeline, so I wish you all the best. And thanks Thank again. You so much,
1: Paris. Thank you so much. It was great speaking with you.
0: Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about SaaS growth marketing, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P, dot online. Have a great day.